Alright, what's going on everybody? This is your buddy at DFF Memphis on Twitter and you are listening to a new show, the hybrid show, the Dynasty War Zone meets the Fantasy Red Zone. This is going to be a joint podcast that I am starting to give people another podcast to listen to. People like start sits. So just to kind of get into it real quick before I get into all the start sits from this weekend's upcoming game, I think I'll just try and break down what I'm doing. Now, obviously, you're listening to this on the Dynasty War Zone, and nothing's changing. Jerry and I will still be in your ears every Wednesday morning, as we have, and that's each and every Wednesday morning. And Jerry and I take that obligation very seriously. We know that we're with you on your way to work, maybe while you're at work, maybe you're driving a truck or something to where you can listen to music while you work or podcasts, and we take that very seriously, like I said, and we will continue to be there. Nothing's changing. This is new. This is an an addition to what the Dynasty War Zone already is. Now, the goal of this new podcast that I have dubbed the Fantasy Red Zone will be a podcast with the goal of fusing Dynasty, Redraft, daily fantasy sports, and sports betting all into one show. We've already done some of this with the Dynasty Warzone by integrating the GT Bets games of the week against the spread, the Daily Darlin' where we bring in a low-budget player, and I really want to make sure that we're sticking to our Dynasty roots over at the Dynasty Warzone. So I wanted to offer a second offering of a podcast that will be dropping on Saturdays. So I will be the host. And who will be my co-host? There's not going to be an official co-host. I will go back to what I was doing this summer as I was bridging the gap between the old crew of the Dynasty Warzone and the new crew of the Dynasty Warzone, which was John and Mike versus Jerry and myself. So uh, I might have Nate at Dynasty Dog Addie Hayes, Adam Mays Hayes underscore, JD from the GOAT District. You never know. The fantasy football fellas, the Aussie guys, Kevin Wheeler, whoever I can get to jump on and break down games and just give you guys another podcast. I'm a podcast junkie myself. And the reason why is that people love starts and sits. And that's what this show is going to focus on the rest of 2018. If you haven't been able to tell by the title on your iTunes app, it's called Starts and Sits and Talking sh- Stuff. And that's what this podcast is going to be. People like Start and Sits, and we want to give that to you as an extension of the Dynasty War Zone. And let's be honest, as a podcast consumer, there's not a lot of Saturday podcasts that drop. And I don't know about you, but on Saturday, I've got stuff to do. Uh, I work at a job to where I do work some weekends, and it's nice to have a fresh podcast to listen to on the weekends, it's just that there's so much goodness during the week. I could go on and on and on, but there's not a lot as it relates to Saturday or Sunday. So I, I hope you like this Saturday offering. That will be the day this show drops, which will mean I will be foregoing the Thursday night drop as far as starts and sits. But if you want to know if I like the Thursday night's start and sits, I will be dropping that at the Fantasy Red Zones Twitter handle, which is simply at Fantasy underscore red zone that simple there'll be tons of tweets we'll get into all that 
Um, but who is me? The win is every Saturday morning. And I, again, I will post the Thursday night games on Twitter at DFF Memphis and at fantasy underscore red zone. And where can you find this podcast? Well, through week four, you'll be able to find it both on the Dynasty Warzone channel and on the new Fantasy Red Zone channel. So you'll want to subscribe to both. I'm sure you're already subscribed to the Dynasty Warzone. If you're not, please go ahead and do. You can find us in the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, Podbean, just about everywhere you can find podcasts with the exception of Spotify, and that one's in the works. As far as the Fantasy Red Zone, as of right now, we are just on Podbean, but by episode number two of the Fantasy Red Zone, we should be on all those same platforms. Needless to say, I've got a busy week ahead of me, but enough about that. Let's get into the reason why you're here, the the hook that, that brought you to this podcast, and that starts and sits for week two. So I'm just going to go game by game, give you a little analysis of each, and tell you who I would be starting or sitting and, and some of the reasons why. So we'll kick it off with the 1 o'clock games, as the Thursday night game has already played. But if you have a time machine, you want to start A.J. Green, and you want to start John Brown. You know, it'll sound crazy, and it might baffle a teammate. You want to start Andy Dalton, too. He looked really good. But let's kick it over to Philly real quick. And Philly is at Tampa Bay, 1 o'clock game. And on the Philly side, players that I'm starting, I'm starting Jay Ajayi, Nelson Aguilar, and Zach Ertz. Now, Zach Ertz and Jay Ajayi kind of feel like obvious obvious plays this week. I do like Jay Ajayi, but I don't think he's going to blow up the way Alvin Kamara did against this Tampa Bay defense last week, but that does not mean he will not be a good start. I am not, however, playing Nick Foles, Corey Clement, or Mike Wallace. Now, I could see making a case for Mike Wallace in best ball, because it's best ball, but until I see with Darren Sproles out this week, who's going to assume the pass-catching duties? Because it could be Clement, but it could be Wendell Smallwood. And just too much ambiguity for me to want to fire them up. I, you never know when Nick Foles is going to turn into the Nick Foles that won the Super Bowl or back into a pumpkin. So I'm, I'm fading Nick Foles this week. I could see where you might have to start him in a super flex or two-quarterback league. If you're the Wentz owner or a Jameis Winston owner, you may not have a better option. But certainly in a 1QB league, you would be fading Nick Foles. On the Tampa Bay side, it's kind of obvious, and he was one of the things that I was completely wrong about last week, is Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans, for me, is back to matchup proof, and you just roll him out there. He had what was on paper a really tough matchup last week against Marshawn Lattimore, and he went 7-for-7 for over 140 yards and a touchdown. Easy play. I, I do like Peyton Barber as like a RB2 flex type play, but I could see why you would want to get away from him as well. This Philly defense is no joke. Fletcher Cox and and that defense, you don't have to love it, especially with Barber not being a pass catcher. But again, you may not have a better option. So, But temper your expectations. I would put him in that RB2 flex range. And then Chris Godwin, I was pretty high on him, but then I saw on Roto World today that Deshaun Jackson is supposed to play, so you'll have to lower those expectations just a little bit. And on the sit side from Tampa Bay, excuse me, from, uh, yeah, from Tampa Bay, I'm sitting both tight ends. I think break can be a thing once Jameis Winston gets back from suspension, but I do not like either one of them. I don't trust either one of them. Atlanta's tight end, Austin Hooper, didn't do a lot against Philly last week, so 
I'm not playing the tight ends. Deshaun Jackson, he's nicked up, and I, again, just don't see it as as, as a fly as a play worth taking a flyer on. And then Fitzmagic, you're going to say, but Memphis, he was the number one overall QB last week. And you know what? There was a time when I had hair, and that time has gone and passed, and week one has gone and passed. This Philly defense is no joke. Even on the road, I think it keeps Fitzmagic in check. Again, similar to Foles, if you're the Jameis Winston owner or maybe even the Carson Wentz owner, you may not have a better option. And I would certainly play Fitz over the likes of Josh Allen. But, again, if you have to, absolutely have to, no other choice, play him. Temper your expectations. Let's go over to Indy and Washington. Now, these are my Colts traveling east to play the Washington Redskins. Obviously, I'm firing up Andrew Luck. Uh, he looked back to me. He is virtually matchup proof as, as far as I'm concerned. So he's definitely a QB1 for me the rest of the way. Uh, you're playing T.Y. Hilton. I don't think Josh Norman will shadow him when he goes into the slot especially. So I don't think T.Y. is a bad play. Uh, as we know, he's going to get peppered with targets. The tight ends, I've heard all week people arguing, is it Doyle, is it Ebron? I, guys, I think it can be both. The tight end position outside of the big three of Ertz, Kelsey, and Gronk is a bit of a dumpster fire. So I'm, I'm not having an issue if you have to start either one of these guys, especially if you're streaming Ebron. Uh, guys from Indy, I'm sitting. I'm sitting Grant and Rogers at wide receiver. I, I just don't know who that guy is. Last week it was Grant. Hell, for all I know, this week it could be Rogers. And the same with the running backs. Marlon Mack got in a full practice on Friday. And Jordan Wilkins, as much as I, you know, I still think the kid's got some upside, I, I, I can't I, I can't justify starting either one of these until I see how the division of labor is going to work out. I, I can justify playing Naheem Hines as a RB3 flex type. He had nine targets. He converted seven of those for 33 yards, chipped in a little bit of rushing, and finished with just over 12 PPR points. So you could see where he would be a good play this week. And over on the Washington side, I mean, it's pretty obvious you have to play Alex Smith uh, even at 1QB, I, I could see benching Sam Darnold for him. Uh, I could see ben, benching Fitzmagic from him, obviously. But if you got Alex Smith, feel free to roll him, even at a 1QB league. Uh, on the running back side, obviously you can roll out AP and Chris Thompson. This Colts defense did not look very good. Joe Mixon last week converted both on the ground and in the passing game, so that's going to allow both these guys to flourish. And as long as Jordan Reed is able and on the field, I am playing him every time. He is a tight end one. He could be the fourth best tight end outside of the big three as long as he's healthy. And we know Alex Smith makes a good tight end. As far as the wide receivers, I'm sitting all three. Richardson, Crowder, and Doxson. I think Crowder needs an injury to Chris Thompson or Reed to have any viability. And he just didn't look good last week. That's my opinion. But uh, I... I'm keeping an eye on Doxon. His, his stock's low after a tough week, and he saw his fair share of uh, Patrick Peterson last week in Arizona. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did a little something. If you wanted a Hail Mary in a uh, tournament play in daily, Paul Richardson's banged up, and the Colts' secondary is not good. The, the starting corners are not good, and you could certainly uh, see a scenario where Doxon could be good. Well, we'll kick it over to Atlanta and Carolina because I want to get through all these 1 o'clock games. 
So Atlanta's hosting Carolina on the Carolina side. Obviously, I'm starting Cam. Starting Cam every time that I Cam. See what I did there? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, another easy start. I don't think he's ever going to get that workload that they hyped up in the preseason, but I do like him as a play each and every week. Easy borderline wide, excuse me, running back one slash running back two. I could see him in that 12 to 14 range every single week. You kind of got to roll out Devin Funchess, and I am not a Devin Funchess guy at all. But with Greg Olson out at least the next month, uh, look up Stefania Bell. She had some really interesting stuff on Greg Olson today, and I found it fascinating about how long this timetable could be. But with Greg Olson out, Devin Funchess is in. So he's a big guy and can easily see him being valuable in the red zone. On the Carolina side, you have to sit DJ Moore, Ian Thomas, and C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson only had, I believe, nine carries last week, and that's that's not enough for me as a flex play. He could see more. Dallas's defense actually looked really nice, so could have been a byproduct of that. We'll see, but for now, you, you got to bench more Thomas and C.J.A. until you until you see more of them. On the Atlanta side, pretty simple. I'm starting Julio and Tevin Coleman. Uh, Julio because he's Julio, and Julio does Julio things. And Tevin Coleman, man, with uh, Freeman already being ruled out, you could just see where this guy could easily be an RB1 this week. He's going to be involved in the passing game because he always is. And now he's going to get the majority of the rush work. So I'm starting Julio and Tevin. I mean, in a 2QB league, it's going to be next to impossible to sit Matt Ryan. But in a 1QB league, I absolutely am. As far as Ridley and Sanu, it's uh, Ridley and Sanu. I'm, I'm saying no to both of those cats. Can't make a case for either one of them, even in the deepest of leagues. And Austin Hooper. I, every year, he, he kind of feels like the guy, could this be the year, could this be the year, could this be the year? And while I'm not throwing him on the trash heap in Dynasty, man, he's got to show you something in 2018, or you're looking for his replacement going into 2019. But that's really it for Atlanta and Carolina. Now we're going to head, uh, head even further east and north, and we're going to go to Buffalo, where the L.A. Chargers are coming to town to take on these Buffalo Bills. As far as the Chargers, I'm starting, obviously, Phil, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, and I'm starting Mike Williams. Yes, I think he could be a nice wide receiver, three flex type play. Looked really good last week. Uh, five for 80 yards and looked, looked pretty good. Travis Benjamin and Terrell Williams, they're dart throws, and if they're on your best ball roster, that's fine. But both of these guys dropped a touchdown last week and looked like absolute garbage. So it's a hard pass for me. You're waiting for some good Tyrell Williams news, and maybe you can get rid of him. But I don't think that Kansas City secondary was that vaunted and just didn't look good. On the Buffalo side, Shady McCoy and in PPR only. Yes, I would bench LaShawn McCoy in a non-point per reception league. Uh, I could you know, start him in a half point per reception league as well. I'm not starting him in a standard league. I could just see where he gets 60 yards rushing, maybe 20 yards receiving, and that's it. Uh, on on the, the rest of the offense there in Buffalo, no Josh Allen, no fat Kelvin Benjamin, no Zay Jones, and no Chuck Clay. Just say no to Buffalo, but you can say yes to betting against them. Uh, pretty easy. I think the Chargers are giving up seven and a half over at gtbets.eu, and that's pretty much a no-brainer for me. We go to Tennessee, where Houston comes to town, and I am starting Deshaun Watson. I know he looked less than good last week, but remember he was facing Bill Belichick in New England. Bill Belichick has made a lot of QBs look bad, especially when they play in New England. So 
don't worry about that. It's uh, I, I think it could be more of a one-off. And he's got to you know, get his timing back. He, he missed a lot of live game action last year with that ACL. So I'm not anti-Watson. So you can fire him back up against Tennessee. They gave up two touchdown passes to Ryan Tannehill last week. Obviously, you're rolling Lamar Miller. Uh, had a nice workload last week and looked solid. Alfred Blue did vulture a touchdown, but I'm still rolling Miller. And then DeAndre Hopkins goes without saying. You're playing DeAndre Hopkins matchup proof. Will Fuller looks like he's going to play after getting in some practice this week. He's going to have to show me. Again, he's a, he's a best ball play. I can see where you might put him in a in a tournament in, in some DFS, but I'm not rolling him out in my weekly in my weekly head-to-head lineups. No, no way. And same with all the tight ends. I, I need to see something before I, I invest a starter's role in any of, the, any of those guys. So moving over to Tennessee, it's an even shorter list. I'm starting Deion Lewis, and I'm starting Corey Davis. Looks like Kevin, I think it's Kevin Johnson, the starting cornerback for the Texans, is, is heading to IR. So Davis should be good. He came off the injury list today, and I, I could see where this could be his breakout. Let's, let's give him a little bit of a break. He did. The Miami secondary is not a joke, and, and, and Davis still had a lot of targets. And it does look like Marcus Mariota is going to start, although there is rumors that Blaine Gabbert could get some work in there too, which that feels very college-esque to me. Smells like a recipe for disaster. I, I know you probably have to play Mariota in two quarterback leagues like the Scott Fishbowl, but you don't have to like it either. It's, uh, it's like taking medicine when you're a kid. Hold your nose and just go for broke. Derrick Henry, no way. I'm not even playing Derrick Henry in standard. I was listening to Greg Cosell of you know NFL Films and some other entities, and he was talking about how Derrick Henry's running style does not fit this new running style in Tennessee, and that the old regime, Mike Malarkey, and that that regime are the ones who drafted Derrick Henry, and the new regime, which is Matt Lafleur and Mike Vrabel, are the ones who brought in Deion Lewis. So. It might be something, it might be nothing, but I'm definitely not playing Derrick Henry against this Houston front. Taiwan Taylor, I, I mean, he had a bit of a darling preseason, but I, I need to see some some games before I even consider putting him anywhere near a lineup. And then Jonu Smith, I think the targets are there, but it's kind of wait and see. I, I would like to see it. Now, if you lost Laney Walker and Jonu might be your only option, or you lost Greg Olson and maybe you got Jonu off of waivers, I dig it. You know, the opportunities should be there. So, again, close your eyes, uh, cross your fingers, and, and hope for the best. Head to Cleveland. Well, we're not heading to Cleveland, but Cleveland's heading to New Orleans. And I don't have a single sit, really, on the Cleveland side except Nick, Nick Chubb. I think Carlos Hyde will continue to get the, the majority of the work. And he's, he's, worth, the, he's worth a start. Uh, I don't think he'll knock your socks off, but he can definitely be useful uh, if you need him. I think Ty Goat bounces back in a big way. And he, he wasn't horrible. His stat line wasn't great, but his fantasy points were, were just fine. So we just saw what the bearded Mr. Fitzmagic did to this New Orleans defense. So I don't have a problem if you have to you have to stream Ty Goat. Uh, Josh Gordon versus Marshawn Lattimore is a matchup I hope we see. I don't think they'll put Lattimore on Landry. They could, but I'm still rolling Josh Gordon. Hugh Jackson said this week that the goal is to get Josh Gordon more involved. And I, I hope that's true. Jarvis Landry, man, was I wrong about him. That, that, that could be my dynasty war zone where, where Memphis was wrong last week, or excuse me, for week uh, coming up. 15 targets, and I know it was in the rain, and obviously I'm starting David and Joku. And I guess I could also say Duke Johnson. 
until I see how that short to intermediate passing game is going to, you know, divvy up between Landry and Joku and Duke Johnson. Because after one week, it sure looks like Duke is the odd man out. So I think I'd have to sit him too. On the New Orleans side, you've heard of these guys. You're going to play this guy named Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. Write that down. Get your pencil. I'll wait. Okay, good. You wrote that down. Uh, Ted Ginn, I have a question mark next to Ted Ginn. Uh, feels like it could be fool's gold, but I, I don't know. Um, he would be more of a best ball play, wide receiver three, in a league where you where you start a lot of wide receivers or flexes, but I don't think you have to like it. Uh, definitely set Traquan Smith. He didn't look like he was involved at all last week, and they weren't game planning much for him. Cam Meredith was inactive last week, and I don't know what his status is going to be, but he's another one that was wait and see guys. And that's and, and same with. 37-year-old Benjamin Watson, Watson, excuse me. Um, I'm, I'm going to fade those guys too. So, so Smith, Meredith, and Watson are my New Orleans fades. Uh, let's go to the New York Jets hosting the Miami Fins. Uh, on the Miami side, you can definitely start Kenyon Drake. I'm not worried about Frank Gore's involvement. As a matter of fact, I think you can play Frank Gore as a desperate. Hey, normally I start Devonta Freeman here. Uh, I lost Jarek McKinnon in the offseason, and I got to play Frank Gore. I get it. He's going to get touches, and he's he's going to do Frank Gore things. He'll get you a few fantasy points and won't leave you holding a donut. You got to kind of roll out Kenny Stills. I don't know how much he battles Maurice Claiborne, but at this point, he is a shot play machine, and he feels he feels right in the flex. Uh, I'm not starting Ryan Tannehill outside of two QB leagues. We just saw this Jets defense go into Detroit and rough up Matthew Stafford pretty good, a quarterback I happen to be a big fan of. Uh, Mike Gusecki, I, I, I like the kid. I think he's the perfect tight end stash for your taxi squads out there in Dynasty. But, again, he's much like Jonu and some other guys I've mentioned. He's, he's a wait and see and Devontae Parker. I want to be wrong about this. I want to be wrong. I want to be on the war zone on Wednesday telling you where I was wrong about Devontae Parker, but I'm not. I don't think I am at all. I, I think the uh, the league is too big for him. He was the big fish in the small pond in Louisville with Bobby Petrino. And just don't think I can do it. Uh, on the New York Jets side, as much as I have a man crush on Sam Darnold, I don't think you can play him in a 1QB league, nor would you need to. But if you have to stream because you drafted and redraft, say Wentz and Darnold's available on the wire, Miami's not the worst matchup out there. In PPR, I'm definitely playing Powell and Quincy and Nunwa. I think that those are the guys that will get the recipient of that work. And in this new offense that you know has been installed this offseason, you can definitely see in game one at least that Quincy is the target monster. I love Robbie Anderson. I love that knucklehead. I've been on him all offseason. But he's a standard slash best ball slash DFS play if you need someone on the cheap. And I love Crowell. But this Miami front is, isn't a joke. It's actually pretty solid. And I would much rather start Bilal Powell unless we see all of a sudden that Crowell is going to be uber involved in the passing game, which as of yet I have not seen. And then the tight ends, Lazy Leggett and Chris, Chris Herndon. That's a no for me, dog. I'm going to pass on both of those guys. Not, not a big fan. Uh, we'll head to Kansas City. And I know everybody's going to – actually, it's Pittsburgh at Kansas City, excuse me. I know everybody's on Mahomes, but man, the guy only completed like 15 passes last week. And I, when you got Tyreek Hill, it's hard. I would much rather, much I would love, 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 love Patrick Mahomes as my QB2 in best ball. Behind a steadier guy like, 
I don't know, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers. You may not have that luxury, but then again, you may. You may have drafted him as a rookie last year, and he uh, could have came off your taxi squad coming into 2018. So if you can use him as a QB2, I think you like it. I don't think you have to love it because I don't think he's getting four touchdowns against this week. Again, this week, uh, Kareem Hunt. I could see this being a, a bit of a bounce back for him. He uh, he's got some owners shaking right now, but if anything, you could use this to buy up Kareem Hunt. Uh, Andy Reid has a very long and historic track record of making RB one, so uh, I'm not worried about Hill yet. Tyreek Hill, man, start up. Every time. Don't ever leave him on the bench. He's matchup proof. Doesn't matter. Saw him do it last year against Casey Hayward. He did it, you know, again this week. You play that man. You never bench, never bench Ty Hill. Uh, you never bench Travis Kelsey. Even coming off of a one for like six yards performance, that's fine. It was a, a weird game flow there against the Chargers, so not, no big deal. I am setting Sammy Watkins. That's right. Write that down. You still got that pencil from earlier? Okay, you wrote that down. Listen, I didn't see any Sammy and Mahomes love in the preseason. I didn't see it in week one. Uh, coulda, woulda, shoulda. I guess there was a pass that you know, he could have came down with that would have made his stat line a little bit more palatable, but it's not for me. Spencer Ware got a little work in week one, but not enough to make me want to trust him anywhere near a lineup, but definitely someone to keep an eye on. Should anything happen to Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware's value goes through the roof. And then we're going to go to Pittsburgh. I, I'm really starting them all. Uh, you got, you know, Pokemon, you got to catch them all. In Pittsburgh, you got to start them all. You know, Big Ben's at home. Uh, home Ben, a lot better than Road Ben. James Conner looked pretty good last week. Obviously, Juju and Antonio Brown. And then, looks like Vance McDonald could play. This is one to watch on Sunday, but uh, I do think that uh, Vance McDonald could be a play. Kansas City, you know, not great against the tight end, especially if Eric Berry's out, and he's been on the injury list all week. So definitely uh, definitely some starts there in Pittsburgh for sure in the black and gold. Uh, we're going to kick it over to 405, and Arizona travels to L.A. And I'm definitely starting David Johnson against these Rams. And I know what you're going to say, but but the, the, that defense is so good. Aaron Darnold and Adama Kansi, I'm with you. But it's a PPR world, and, and David Johnson catches a lot of passes. Uh, it doesn't bother me. You, you don't ever set your studs. You don't get cute. Don't outthink the room. I don't care who the defense is. You play David Johnson. Because just like last week, he didn't have a great rushing total, but he bailed, bailed you out with some receptions and a touchdown. David Johnson every time, every single time. I'm, I'm going to give the official tight end of the Dynasty War Zone, Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones is going to get a start. We saw what Jared Cook did to this L.A. defense last week. And it is a copycat league. He was on the field for, I believe, 92% of the offensive snaps for Arizona last week. And I think Sammy Biscuits may get his feet under him a little bit better. And RSJ all the way. Larry Fitzgerald is both a start and a sit. He's a sit for me in a standard non-PPR league. Uh, if you're in a PPR league or half PPR league, I mean, I guess six for seventy or seven for sixty is fine. It's a it's a it's a usable stat line, but definitely temper expectations. As the corners in LA are no joke. You're not playing Bradford. You're not playing Christian Kirk. You're not playing any of the wide receivers, Chad Williams, anybody. Don't get cute. Um, you're smarter than that. So 
moving over to the LA side, I'm definitely playing golf. I'm definitely playing Gurley, and I'm definitely playing Cooper Cup. I love Cooper Cup. He validated my love for him this all this off season, and he looked really good in Monday night. And he actually could have converted two touchdowns versus the one that he just had. Uh, I think Patrick Peterson is going to play his side of the field, and he'll keep uh, Cooks and Woods under wraps. And man, I, I've, I've waited for I guess a year in a game in this Todd McVay offense for either Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett to break out and show something, and they haven't. Uh, I think Cooper. I think that's Cooper Cup's role. I think in Washington, where McVay came from, it was Jordan Reed. But I think here in LA, it's Cooper Cup. And Golf and Cup seem to have something special going. I've said before, and I'll say it again: Cooper Cup is not your average slot receiver. This guy is six foot two, and he appears to be Jared Goff's best friend. I see a young budding. Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson bromance here. Now, I'm not saying golf is Rodgers, and I'm not saying that Cup is Jordy, but you see that kind of chemistry brewing. So uh, for all you dynasty people, before Cooper Cup's price gets any higher, you might want to throw a lowball low offer out there, see if you can scoop him up. Uh, we'll stay in California, or we'll go to San Francisco where the Lions are coming to town. On the Detroit side, I'm starting Matt Stafford. I mean, the guy's thrown 4,200 yards and 21 touchdowns, minimum, minimum a season over the last six or seven years. You just play him. Everybody has a bad day at the office. You have. I have. Put that behind you. You roll out Matthew Stafford. He'll be fine. Golden Tate, I'm always playing Golden Tate. He's a great RB2 flex range guy, especially in PPR. And then these next two guys are kind of dicey. Is it Melvin? Is it Marvin Jones? Or is it Kenny Galladay? Uh, Matthew Barry in his like 100 facts column that he put out before the season put out some really telling stats about Marvin Jones when Kenny Galladay's on the field. And Marvin Jones is not buying himself any fans with Matthew Stafford, in my opinion. I saw him not connect on a couple of touchdowns that I thought were catchable balls. But then again, maybe maybe they can reconnect what they had last year. He's certainly going to get some some deep looks, but. That one's tough for me. I guess if you got Marvin, you may not have better options. So, you know, see what you can do. The tight ends and running backs in Detroit—it's a no. I, I can't. I cannot do it. It doesn't make sense to me. It. I mean, Legarrette Blunt, you know, has like a knee thing. Until they dedicate the backfield to Carry On Johnson, in my opinion, it, it, it's hard to trust anybody. I could see where you might be desperate enough to play Theo Riddick as a PPR flex, but that would be about it. On the San Fran side, Jimmy G. I know this is like his ninth start as a pro, but we just saw what young Sam Darnold did to this giant, excuse me, to this Lions defense at the Lions on Monday Night Football. I think Jimmy G will be fine. Yeah, he didn't look great against Minnesota, but that was Minnesota. That is legitimately one of, if not the best defense in the NFL. I think Jacksonville would have something to say about that, as would the LA Rams. But you see where I'm going with this. Minnesota's defense is nasty. So, But I don't think Jimmy G has those problems. Uh, in a week where you're not going to get Devontae Freeman, I could see where you could justify playing Breda and Alf Morris as a RB2 flex type play. And then the, uh, the tight end hero of the day, the hottest name in tight ends right now, George Kittle. He had a fantastic stat line of five for 90-some-odd yards receiving, and it could have been better. Uh, he had some opportunities that didn't quite connect, and it could have been even better for him. 
I don't know which way to go with Pierre Garçon and Dante Pettis. Marquise Goodwin has already been ruled out, so I don't have any idea which one of these guys is going to see Darius Slay. And without any information like that to make a solid decision, especially as pedestrian as I think Garçon looked last week, I know Minnesota's got a good secondary, but he did not look good to me at all. The just just was not popping for me. Dante Pettis is one of my absolute favorite rookies. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't know that he's quite ready for prime time, but he's a guy in that same vein of Tyreek Hill and T.Y. Hilton and guys that have that punt returner on their resume. And this is a team that traded up for him, and he may get his shot sooner than later. So even though you're not starting him this week, especially in Dynasty before the price gets high, Thought a low, a low ball offer out there. See what you can get. If you want to know what I'll pay, hit me up at the Dynasty Warzone or hit me up at DFF Memphis, and I will cover all that with you. We're going to go to Denver, where Oakland, fresh off that ass whipping in L.A. last week, comes to town. Amari Cooper. Man, am I on the fence with this guy. I agree with John Gruden. I saw a guy who got open. I saw a guy running crisp, dynamic routes. But I saw a quarterback who didn't have the... Uh, testicular fortitude to get him the ball so I think you have to continue to roll him out there Denver's got a good secondary and a good pass rush which will make the secondary even better but I don't know that you have many options that are better than Amari Cooper and you might get sick if he's on your bench and he hangs one of those nightmare 43 point games like he did to Kansas City last week so I think you got to roll him out there but I don't think you have to like it uh, Marshawn Lynch, yeah, I'm, I'm rolling Marshawn. If, if he starts, he starts for me. Uh, he's an RB2 with, you know, the, the, the right mix of, of plays. He could have, you know, RB1 upside. Uh, Jalen Richard, there, this is a sneaky name that I like. I like him if DeAndre Washington, who's coming back from injury, isn't active. I mean, Rashad last week had 11 targets and 9 receptions. And you can go back and look at John Gruden's track record as a head coach. you got to go digging because it's been a while but he's always had a lightning to his thunder running back. So if Marshawn is the thunder, man, Jalen Richard could be the could be the lightning, and that could be a very sneaky PPR role, like James White-esque. So I'm not ready to start him yet, but I could be desperate enough in really deep leagues where you start lots of, lots of players, like 12, 13 starters. So if Jalen Richard's out there, he may not be. Definitely worth a look. I can't play Jordy or Carr. I think Jordy could be so nice in this John Gruden offense, especially in the red zone, but I can't do it. And then I'm, I'm playing uh, Jared Cook. I, I, I skipped over Jared Cook in the in the starts. Looked great last week, nine for a buck eighty, I believe it was. And this is a Denver defense that gave up, uh, you know, some pretty big chunk plays to a young man named Will Disley, Uncle Will, to his peeps up in Montana, I guess. But. Uh, I see where you can continue to roll Jared Cooks, and, and he's a sneaky tight end that no one uh, gives any respect. So if you got Jared Cook and you don't have one of the big, you know, three or four tight ends, he's as good as any of the rest. Over on the Denver side, I'm playing Case Keenum, but only in a two QB format. Maybe as a QB flyer, maybe you could. You know, I'm not the biggest DFS guy. I've got a guy that I rely on for that, but I could see where maybe if you want to take a, a hail mary. You know, tournament contrarian, I want to build a stack that maybe a lot of people aren't on. And you could go Case Keenum and Sanders or Case Keenum and Demarius Thomas. But I'm not playing him outside of something like that. In a 1QB matchup league, no, I'm not going to play the case. I'm not trying to catch a case. As far as the backfield, man, right down the middle. 
for uh, Royce Freeman and Lindsey. So I guess you can kind of roll both. Uh, a good friend of mine, Jim, at Jim Slade says on Twitter, he, he compared Lindsey to Danny Woodhead. And I can see that. You know, I haven't had a chance to whistle one of the game, you know, tapes I have not had a chance to sit down and watch. It's been a busy week at work. But on the sit side for Denver, I'm definitely sitting uh, Cortland Sutton, although I've seen enough flashes to know that I like him a lot. And then Demarius, Demarius Thomas's contract and Emmanuel Sanders' contract will probably, more than likely, but no guarantees in this world, will more than likely either see them have to take a major... Uh, pay reduction, or I could see them see them not being here, and I could see Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton taking those roles next year. But one of the games that probably a lot of the country will get to see will be New England at Jacksonville. Uh, definitely playing Grady. Definitely Grady. I combined Gronk and Brady to create Grady. It's a great name, though. I'm going to play Brady and Gronk, kind of like uh, uh, Benifer back in the day. Uh, but yeah, Brady and Gronk, easy plays. Definitely playing James White. Rex Burkhead's in the concussion protocol, but he was in pads in practice. This has all the earmarks of weird. Uh, seems like Sony Michelle may play. This is definitely a running back situation to keep an eye on. But if you for comfortable plays, it's Brady, Gronk, and White. Uh, I got Sony with a question mark. If Sony's active in plays and Burkhead is inactive with a concussion, I don't mind gambling on Sony, especially if you need to. Running back can be such a neat position that I could not blame anybody. But as far as the wide receivers, I'm not starting any of them. Not against the secondary, not against A.J. Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't convince me. But I think that as owners, if you have Chris Hogan and you can get away from him this week, that's a good play. But what's even better is that if your league mate puts Chris Hogan in his starting lineup and he has a bad game, which he very well could against the secondary, the buy, win the buy window on the cheap could be open as soon as early next week. I still like Hogan this year. He came out of the gate with, you know, some matchups that kind of favored other guys. And I still think Chris Hogan's going to be a play. So look to buy him cheap if he has a bad game. On the Jacksonville side, I mean, Leonard Fournette is Leonard Fournette. If he starts, you start him. If he doesn't, I definitely think you can play Yeldon, but you can't play Yeldon if Fournette starts. I still like Keelan Cole. I still think he's the, the man in this offense. And then there's Blake Bortles. Man, he's he's tough. Uh, he's a tough guy to rank each and every week and, and make a decision. I would much rather use him in a two QB league, but again, if you're a Jameis or Wentz owner, and you may not have a better option. But I would sure like to get away from Bortles if I could in this matchup facing Bill Belichick. It just feels like a run the ball, play defense game, and that's no way to score fantasy points. So um, that's there. As far as the rest of the wide receivers and pass catchers, Moncrief, DD, DJ Chark, ASJ, how about no? How about just no? Don't just say no. Just say no to that offense uh, as it relates to the wide receivers. Now let's go to Sunday night, going to Big D, and I do mean Dallas, as the G-men come to town. And a couple of obvious ones here. You're definitely playing Barkley. You're definitely playing Beckham. I still like Sterling Shepard. Looked, looked impressive last week. And then I have Evan Ingram with a question mark. Man, did not look good last week. Didn't look good, you know, catching the ball. Uh, he emerged last year when, o when, when Odell was hurt. Uh, Sterling Shepard was hurt a lot last year. He came into the season hurt, you know, missed some time. And now all of a sudden, he's not so great. And 
I heard Je- Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus mention this, that he has the third toughest schedule for a tight end in, in, in a league this year. So I'm not saying that you can get away from him, especially if you don't have one of the big four, because I'm still including Reed in the big four. You may have to play him, but you may not like him. Uh, Dallas's linebackers and safeties aren't terrible, and I could see this being a big Barkley and Odell Beckham game. Uh, Eli, uh, kind of similar to Bortles, it's like, it's like, how do you talk bad about Eli if he's got all these great weapons like you know Beckham and Shepard and Barkley and even Ingram? But I would feel so much more comfortable starting him in a two QB league, if at all. But I do understand if you have to. And then there is the Dallas side of the ball. Dallas is very easy for me. Starting Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe you've heard of him. Write that one down, too. That might be the last writer downer. And then I'm playing Cole Beasley in PPR, and that is it. Uh, in, in, a, in a one QB league, I'm definitely not playing Dak. And in a two QB league, like me personally in the Scott Fish Bowl, I have to decide between Dak and uh, Trubisky, who I'll get to here in just a minute, and I don't love it. Luckily, I've got Andrew Luck as my QB1, but man, until I see more out of Dak and what this offense is going to look like, I can't play Dak and I can't, in, in one QB league, and I can't play any of the wide receivers or tight ends outside of Beasles. I mean, and, that's, I'm, a, and I'm only playing Beasley and PPR. I think outside of that, it's a, it's a trap there in Dallas, and... Man, I hope they get that turned around because I love Zeke, but I just see more of the same for him. I just see more stack boxes, more defensive coordinators just going to force him uh, to beat him with, with stack boxes. But I hope for his sake, and I know he's talented enough that he can make it happen. And then the last game of the week is the Seattle Seahawks heading over to the Chicago Bears. Uh, on the Seattle side, this one's Monday Night Football, by the way. Uh, Seattle, obviously, you got to roll out Russ. And then after that, it gets very dicey. I think you're going to play Brandon Marshall. And the reason why is I think Brandon Marshall could, could be this year's Jimmy Graham for Russell Wilson. An aged veteran that doesn't move anywhere near like he used to, but's a big, you know, big red zone threat. And I could see Brandon Marshall easily having 8 to 10 touchdowns this season if he stays healthy. But the guy that I like, the guy that I'm putting my chip on, the Seahawks player, to watch is Tyler Lockett. He is about 20, 21 months removed from that major leg injury he had right around Christmas of 2016. Uh, looked pretty good last week against a pretty good Denver secondary. And if I had to start one of these guys, I would much rather start Tyler Lockett. Uh, could could be very interesting with Doug Baldwin on the shelf for the next two to four. As far as the RBs and tight ends, man, I, I don't know who who the guy is. I, th- I think they would be much better off trying to play Chris Carson. I think he looked a lot better in that particular game last week than Penny, but I could see where Penny owners would tell me I'm an idiot, and the Seahawks did spend a first-round pick on him, so I think he's going to continue to be involved, and I think they're just going to cannibalize each other. And that's the same with Will Disley and Nick Vanette. If you pull up their snap shares and you know everything on pro football reference or wherever you get your stats, I, I like ffstatistics.com at ffstatistics underscore on Twitter. Uh, Good friend Addison Hayes runs that website and you can really run run some numbers over there, but I would just prefer to find something better. I think Ed Dixon's a name to stash in tight end premium or two tight end leagues. I think when he comes back in week seven uh, he might be slow going, but he could be a guy in the back half of the year, but as far as the sits in Seattle, for me it's the running backs if I can. 
the tight ends for sure, and I'm only starting Russ, Lockett, and Baldwin. On the Chicago side, Jordan Howard. There's another guy I was stone cold wrong on. Man, did he look good as a pass catcher. And now don't get me wrong, he's never going to get confused for Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. But five catches and the way he looked catching them looked really impressive to me. And I definitely got to play Allen Robinson this week. We just saw what Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas did to the secondary in Seattle. And I don't think it's going to get any better. So definitely playing Aaron Rodgers. I think Trey Burton bounces back bounces back in a big way. And I'll move over to Trubisky. I think if, if Case King is going those ones, if Case can do it, Mitch can do it. I think Mitch can put up a similar stat line to Case Keenum, which will make him fantasy viable in a two QB league. I don't don't want any part of this guy uh, like you know unrefrigerated gas station sushi. Sushi is what I'm trying to uh, compare Trubisky to in a one QB league. Uh, Cohen, I tell you what, his big move was uh, was catching the ball, and now that Howard's doing more of that, I just see. Cohen is like a change of pace guy, and I don't think he has any real fantasy relevance as a starter. And then last, uh, probably my third favorite, second or third favorite receiver in this rookie class, Anthony Miller. I just want to see it. I'm, I'm not cutting him. I think that I'm using this past week's less than stellar performance as a reason to go out and buy my man Anthony Miller. Because again, I am a huge fan. Well, listen, you, I'm a big fan of you guys, and that's why I'm doing this. Those of you that listen to the Dynasty Warzone, those of you that I hope will start listening to the Fantasy Red Zone, I'm hoping that you guys will check this out. I'm trying to create something different. I know everybody likes starts and sits, and if you like starts and sits and you like the Dynasty Warzone, I'm going to make sure you get what you like because that's good business. You give your consumer what they like, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to find a way to work some trades in here, so if you want your trades red on the air you're gonna to have to start tagging at fantasy underscore red zone i think this saturday pod is going to be a matchup start and sit type show and then we'll sprinkle in some twitter trades on the back end to round the show out for an hour uh, i will uh i will freestyle one that i saw before i jumped on the air and that was stefan diggs and jordan howard for Le'Veon Bell and man is that close I think right now if I'm the Bell owner and I'm getting that I, I pull the trigger I know he's still 26 years old uh, I know that he's going to be on a new team next year I know he's going to come in at some point this year but th- th- there are more unknowns at this point with Le'Veon Bell than there are knowns uh, I know where he's going to be the rest of this year but I don't know how many games I'm going to get and then next year, more than likely, like 99.999% sure, he'll be on a different roster. And what's that head coach? What's that offensive coordinator? Is that offensive line as good as Pittsburgh's? Are the weapons around him as good as Juju and Antonio Brown and Jesse James and Vance McDonald? I, I don't know. I, I don't know any of that. But I know where Stephon Diggs is going to be next year, and I know who his quarterback's going to be. I know who his running mate at wide receiver is going to be. I know who his tight end is going to be. I know who his running back is going to be. Again, all this is barring health. You know, and the same with Jordan Howard. I, I think he continues to grow in that offense. I, I, sometimes in a, in a trade you want to get the best player, and that's clearly Le'Veon Bell. But sometimes it's better off just to cut your losses 
And, and I do think this is a loss. I, I truly do. In, in a vacuum, if Le'Veon Bell was Le'Veon Bell from 2016 or 2017, then yeah, this is a loss. But as the situation stands, today, in 2018, going into week two, I'm going to take Howard, I'm going to take Diggs, and I'm going to move on down the road. And guys, that's what I'm getting ready to do right now. I'm going to head on down the road. But I'll start tweeting out the links to the Fantasy Red Zone, and I will always, 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 always be around the Dynasty War Zone. That's my baby. That is what I love. That is what I'm into. But I'm looking for a secondary platform to get back to having random guests, to have random friends stop by and talk about random stuff uh, as it relates to fantasy. I'm going to try to get some, some guys from Vegas on the show and talk some sports betting. I'm going to try to get some DFS guys on the show to talk a little DFS. I, I want to give, I, I, I want to appeal to everybody in the, in the fantasy genre, whether you're Dynasty, Redraft, Daily, whatever. I want you as a listener. I want you to enjoy the show. Always love your feedback. So you can hit me up at DFF Memphis, at the Dynasty Warzone, or at Fantasy underscore Red Zone. And until Wednesday, I'll catch you all later. Have a good weekend, guys. Good luck in week two.